Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, guys, so this week's episode, I'm going to talk about a question that someone asked on Instagram. What do you do in the salon when you're sick or something comes up to reschedule people and to accommodate people when you're a fully booked stylist? Or if you're running a business that is in high demand, what happens when you have something come up? And, you know, this has changed for me over the years in the salon. There was a time where if I took time off, I made up those days because I came from a salon that that's how things operated. You could take time off, but you had to find another time to make it up. So, you know, like when you talk about like your emotional inheritance, we're kind of talking about salon or like, you know, our first jobs or in our careers, they ended up giving us like an inheritance, whether it's good or it's positive or negative. And so for me, I was always under the assumption that I had to make up for, and maybe this isn't just in the salon, maybe this was how I lived. It's feeling very real when I say that out loud. So I would go on a trip for my husband's work and it'd be four days long. So I would have to like work the two days off I had or the three days off during the week before to make up for taking the three or four days off the following week. And I'd get back and I'd, you know, grind it out, you know, make up the time. And I, you know, I didn't change that until the last five years. And like everything, you know, as you change something, you don't always make the, you don't always make the enlightened choice. You know, you kind of, I think that when you're changing things, it's kind of like three steps forward, two steps back, four steps forward, two steps back. You are actually moving forward in a new direction, but you're going to always kind of gravitate towards, you know, the known. And so for me, in the beginning, for instance, like five and a half years ago and opened my studio, I worked 18 days up in the first 18 days of opening. And then I went right to the Ember Hair Retreat in Palm Springs. And I was sick. I was like run down. I was burned out. I knew I was run down, but I didn't know I was burned out at the level that I was. And I want to share in moving forward from there how I started to slowly make changes. And I think it's important to say slowly because like I said, it's so easy to see someone's transformation and not see that it was not this, you know, simple road to redemption. You know, it's like I have a lot of empathy for, for how I used to do things. I also... You know, I'm going to share like that when you start to show up for yourself and you start to say like, I'm one person and you stop acting like you're a superhuman, which is, you know, when you start to build a little like self-worth and you start to be like, gosh, that's going to be too much for me. And you recognize that you have limitations. Cause I remember one time someone said to me, well, like you have limits. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Like, and I think I was so offended by it because I didn't. And I thought like, well, what else did you want me to do? I feel like I could, I could probably do more. It's just, I feel like I'm like 
bringing my A game pretty much. I feel like I'm jumping through every hoop that anyone throws. And I remember being offended by that. And I think looking back, I think about how it speaks to my frame of mind. Whereas now if someone said like, yeah, I mean, you have a certain amount of bandwidth, you have a certain, you have a limit, you have limitations to your time energy. I'd be like, fuck yeah, I do. But I didn't see it like that. I saw myself as a superhuman. I had weirdly low self-worth, but also kind of like the illusion of self-worth because of how much I was doing. I just felt like, I don't know. I think like my ego had me feeling like I was like superhuman. And I think when you, uh, when life throws you a curveball and you realize like you're not, and you're slowly peeling yourself up off the concrete, you start to get more honest with yourself and then with the world. And so I'm not saying everyone has to have that happen to start to show up in a more like embodied way. That's just my story. But hopefully you can take some of that wisdom from my story and not have to have it hit hit just so hard. So what I noticed, and I can have, I have more of a perspective on looking back now is that when I, the minute I decided to start holding a little bit of space for myself in the fact that I'm one person, I can do only so much. It was like a shift started to take place inside of me because of how strapped and stressed and tired I was that it started to have an impact on the people around me. So for instance, I would be in the salon and someone would come in that stressed me out and they'd be like, huh, it's pretty quiet in here. It's like, yeah, it's kind of the direction I'm taking it in. And they, they want the same person asked me one day, are you working slower? And it's like, you know, for like 12 years I'd taken this abuse and I just like, I think I was just so tired <laughs> that I said, you know what? it's possible. It's possible I am working slower because I overextended myself for a really long time. And I could articulate that even in that moment. Cause I was like, I started to listen to how things felt. And I think we all know when we've been sick or when we've had a surgery or when we've had a baby and we, we overextend ourselves, we're not doing the thing we do for a living from a place of like enjoyment. We're doing it from this place of like being like, this doesn't feel good for me. And I just realized when I looked around in my life at one point that I had to assume based on where my life had led me that everyone else was doing what they wanted to do and what was best for them in that moment or what they felt was best for them. And it really woke me up to, I have the responsibility to do what's best for me and that it is, I'm not responsible for other people. Uh, and I heard it in a podcast today. Um, they said, the person said, I'm not taking custody over you. Like, I want to see you do well, but I'm not going to take custody of you. And I think it was like, honestly, I stopped taking like custody of everyone else's happiness and everyone else's schedule and everyone else's this. And I started being like, I mean, even to the point where like, Today, I'm in the salon two days a week. And when someone says, when's your next opening? I just will look and be like, it's June 24th. Does that work for you? Whereas like before I'd be like, here's what I would have said. I would have said, okay, so you like to come in every three weeks. My next not opening's not till eight weeks from now. 
Um, I could probably come in um, on a day. I just would need to check if my husband's in town and blah, blah, blah. And I would have, I would have anticipated the person's needs and I would have jumped from what was right for me to accommodating. And that would have been from a place of like low self-worth and wanting that person to like me and not being able to sit with the discomfort of the moment. And so that brings me to my next point. The most powerful thing I think I've done in my career that I think would transform your ability to honor yourself is building a tolerance for other people's discomfort or disappointment. I did not have a, like an ounce of tolerance for someone standing in front of me going, ah, okay, well, I really wanted to come in on my birthday. Like I could not, I couldn't sit with that. And I couldn't sit with something that I bring up a lot that Don Bradley, my friend shares is no one's going to thank you for a favor. They don't know you did. So your intuitive ability to um, anticipate someone's need, desire, want, and then to uh, act on it at the detriment of yourself. It's not, it's, it's not a badge of honor. It's not because it doesn't mean that you're great at what you do. It means that you're great at abandoning yourself to show up for other people. And so literally transformative experience is to learn to sit with other people's discomfort or disappointment. And something Don also says is that, you know, some people don't seem see any harm in asking. And I think when we are in the lion's den of like rescheduling clients because our kid is sick or whatever, we're just like, we kind of, we kind of have done all this work and we're like, okay, like people can wait. I'm human. Like COVID taught us and our clients went how many months without getting their hair done? Like everyone will be okay. We forget all of that, the, the stuff we've learned and we forget like that is all true. And we jump to like, they need me. What am I going to do? How am I going to make this happen? I could probably get my mother-in-law to come over and I could do it two days later. And we don't give ourselves any breathing room or wiggle room. And that's something that I've seen myself do over and over. And I see other people do, but the truth of the matter is people can wait. And you know what? People, when they value what you do, and we kind of forget how special what we do is because it's so it's a part of our day-to-day life, but go and have a service done. I even went and I was having this shitty day and I went to get my eyebrows waxed and my lip done. And the gal who does my waxing, she didn't know anything about my day and the way she held space for me and just like listened and like I felt seen by her. And she was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like that's gotta be annoying or, or whatever I had going that day that I did share. I was like, this is the power of what we do. The, the power of what we do is that we are people that like literally show up, are present, listen. And the other thing that's really helped me is to realize that resting, doing things that inspire me, recording a podcast episode, learning about, you know, something I'm curious about in another podcast, listening to a book, taking my dog for a walk and getting inspiration, you know, in my neighborhood, all of that, it really, it really informs how I show up and who I show up as behind the chair. 
And I'm a big, big believer in I'm willing to disappoint a few people to show up in a better state for the people I show up for. And uh, it's not the easiest thing to to do because I still I still will will struggle with that. But the thing that has also helped me in my last real point here is that I think when you're good at what you do or you have a following or a demand for your time or you know people that are loyal and want to see you and you're in a service profession or an appointment-based profession, I think that learning to live with the tension that will be there no matter what. And I, I think it's like developing that, that ability to sit with the discomfort of other people or the disappointment. It's also learning to live and mitigate the tension, but also know that it's there and it's there because you're doing it well. And that if it wasn't there at all, that would be problematic. You know, I would say like, I have it to a point where like, I really don't get emails from my clients. I show up and it's like freaking awesome. And, uh, I, and that's, but there's still the tension of like, okay, like I, 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 there's people that want to get in that can't and like that, that is going to come with the territory when you do what you do really well. And I think that if I had known that going in, that would be a muscle that I would have strengthened. I would have just been able to sit with that more and not feel like I, I not feel like I was supposed to make it go away. Uh, because I think we've all been there, right? Like when we feel the stress of like the tension, we're like, we need to raise our prices. We need to do this. And, you know, maybe you do, but at the same time, I think for a long time, I thought that, uh, I was one, one like policy or one, uh, price increase or one, one little tweak away from having there be not this rub anymore. And in learning and acknowledging it, and they say that when you, when you acknowledge that something's there, it loses its power. And I think that's why I talk about things because when we do, it's just like, oh, let's name it. Let's acknowledge that we get stressed out. We try and do too much. And like the truth is at the end of the day, if you've been ill or you've had a personal event or something go on, the truth is it's possible that people have to reschedule a month out. I got an email because I was trying to get into like the dermatologist to be like a grown up and like, you know, do all that. And I was going to see if I can find the email. Um, and I got a, they sent me a voice message too. They just said, hi, Lindsay, we wanted to give you a call in regards to your appointment for August 9th. Mind you, I had to book this out like a month or two ago. We do apologize. Your appointment has been canceled. The doctor will be out of the office that day. Please give us a call to reschedule. Thank you. I think this is such a, a valuable, valuable voicemail I received. It's also, I just got like an automated email, like it's canceled. And you know what? I'm not offended. I fucking get it. And so I think that we need to operate our businesses similarly to Dr. Deloy's office. Deloyne, Deloyne, excuse me. I uh, never seen that doctor before. And I don't think anything, I don't feel, and it's not just because he's a doctor. It's like we are, we make it so personal because we love our relationships with our clients. But the end of the day, I had an appointment in August that got canceled and I probably can't get in now until September. And it's like, 
yeah, do I want to get in to like have a mole check? Well, I mean, not that it's not like high, high on my list, but at the end of the day, life happens. And, you know, we hold ourselves to such unrealistic expectations. Like Dr. DeLoyne is not worried about my appointment. And it's like, you have a flu or you have COVID or you have something and you're like, how am I going to, how am I going to get my kid watched or how am I going to make it happen? It's like, I think we all need to take a page out of Dr. Jaloyne's book and book. Maybe he'll write a book on just, you know, professionalism. I don't know. I've never met the doctor, but, uh, at the end of the day, you're human. You're one person. You do what you do really well. There will be a demand for your time and it's learning to live with attention and build a tolerance for it. For, and, and also the, the last thing I'll say is there's power in the pause. And so in those moments when you're struggling to sit with the discomfort of that client who's wanting to reschedule and the next one's there and there's a rub between what you have available and what they want, pause. If you're getting an email back from someone and they're saying, no, but I need to get in, pause, take the night, don't respond right away because I think what we have to learn to do and what I've had to learn to do is to sit with what initially comes up and not let that take the driver's seat because that's my autopilot childhood wounding and then show up as who I want to show up as because I know the life I want to have and I know the life that I've had. And the life I had sucked, okay? I'll leave you with that inspirational tidbit. Have a wave-making day.